Turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. First Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 12. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house when I begin. I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons have made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning, and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision." Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, what is, this, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Now this message tonight, or this morning, I titled, Unrepented Sin. So, prepare yourself that um, the things that are spoken today, uh, they may hurt a little. But I want you to know that when God convicts you of sin, that there is a reason, and that that is your opportunity to make things right. And if you look at this story, and I I thoroughly urge you to go back and read the uh, preceding verses of this chapter, and and maybe even the preceding chapters, but you'll see that um, Eli, as the the high priest at this time, uh, lived a life that was not pleasing to God, and and through that he allowed his sons to live uh, vile and terrible lives. And, and the word says there in verse 13 that he restrained them not. And one, a, a couple things I want to point out to you. You may want to underline them in your Bible. Verse 13, he says, Forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. So you see, Eli knew that he had committed sin. He knew that he had not corrected his sons in the sin that they had done. And in verse 18, you, you may want to underline this. It says, It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. And you see that not only did Eli know that he had sinned, he knew that this sin was in his life and in his son's life, but when this uh, dream or vision, whatever you want to call it, this word from God came about, you see that he recognizes that this is truly from God. It is about the sin that's in his life, but at no point does he repent. He he recognizes uh, the authority of God. He says, let him do what seems good to him because he knows uh, how God is. He knows a little something about God. 
But he never repents of this sin. He never tries to, to change anything. And that is the reason why uh, in verse, I believe it was 14, verse 14, he says that he's sworn unto the house of Eli that it wasn't going to be purged by sacrifice. There was no sacrifice to cover this sin. Why is that? You know, we're taught that that we can receive forgiveness for just about anything. But there's a there's a stipulation in that. You must repent of that sin. The thing is, see, let me tell you something about sacrifice. Sometimes we forget what the word means. And the word sacrifice indicates that you've got to give up something that you hold a high value on. You've got to... You know, when people would bring their, their lambs and their cows, whatever it was they sacrificed, and, and, and would kill them and burn them, that was truly a sacrifice. This was something that they held had value on. They were giving this up because they held a greater value on that forgiveness of sin. But when you hold such a high value on the sin that's in your life, and you don't want to repent of it because you like it, you want to keep it around, there's no sacrifice to cover it. Because to you, the sin is more valuable than what you would sacrifice. You see, verse 14 tells us about how his sin wouldn't be forgiven. But verse 13 tells you why. And it's because he knew about this sin and didn't repent. And it's that unrepented sin, the the sin that you allow to stay in your life and you know it's sin, you know it's wrong, but you just enjoy it too much. You like it too much. It's too comfortable having it in there. And it's too uncomfortable to try to get rid of it. That is the sin that when... You know, and I ain't going to tell you one time is going to be too much. I ain't going to tell you ten times is going to be too much. It may be different for every circumstance, but that is not something I want to play with. I don't want to, I don't want to keep that thing around thinking, well, I've got another week or two. I can, I can do this and get by with it. You know, one or two more times ain't going to hurt nothing. It might not. But it might you might not have the opportunity to turn around and repent. And I want you all to understand something about unrepented sin. It may seem very uncomfortable at first when the Holy Spirit begins to convict you of that sin, but as time goes by, it becomes more and more comfortable. It becomes less and less of a problem in your heart and in your whole in your spirit that as He begins to deal with you less and less, that sin becomes more and more okay. There comes a point where it may not even seem so much like sin anymore. Did you all hear what I said? There comes a point where it don't seem so bad anymore. 
And if it weren't for the fact of somebody standing behind a pulpit, I'm not tooting my own horn, but there are still some good preachers in this world. There are still some that ain't afraid to confront sin based upon the Word of God. And if it wasn't for somebody in your life pointing out to you that you're living contradictory to the Word of God, you would just think it was okay. You would think it's okay to go do whatever it is that you're doing that's wrong. I'm not going to point any fingers this morning. At first, you might think it's kind of hard or harsh the way that God is dealing with Eli. But if you read closely, you'll see that this wasn't something that came up overnight. This wasn't a one-time thing with Eli. No, he had lived his life this way. Not only did he uh, give up the only responsibility he had in his life, he let the responsibility he had for his kids slip. He decided he would just let them do whatever they wanted to. Now listen to me, parents. There is a price to pay for not bringing your kids up the way they should be taught. The Word calls it in the ways and admonitions of the Lord. There's a price to pay for not correctly disciplining your kids. And I'm not talking to you guys. I'm not telling you to go beat your kids. I'm telling you there is... Uh, you know, I believe there's probably ways you can correct them without spanking them. But when you don't correct them at all, you allow them to do whatever it is they see fit, the Word tells you about that. It says that there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. There's a way that seems right to your kids, but that don't make it right. Just because it seems like a good thing for them to do and they think, oh, this is wonderful, this is the very thing I want to go do right now, does not make it right. It's your responsibility, not only for yourself, but it's your responsibility to look out for them and make sure that they are in obedience to God's Word. And if they're not, they need correction. Just like you receive correction from God. When you allow your kids to just do whatever they want to do, whatever little whim that comes into their head, you're setting them up for failure. You're setting them up for eternal death. Because when the time comes that <clears throat> that they have to submit to the authority of God, they're going to have a hard time submitting. Because all they've done all their life is did whatever seemed right to them. But when they understand something about authority and that there are just some things you are in subjection to. You know, I may be the head of my household, but when I go to work, I have a boss. That boss has a boss. There's always somebody that you are in subjection to. Children need to understand that there is ultimate authority. There is somebody that is going to hold you accountable. And when you have unrepented sin in your life, you have got to do something to correct it. You can't just let it sit there and and fester and, and grow until you become comfortable with it. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You see, I ain't making this stuff up. I didn't just wake up this morning and think, hmm, I think unrepentant sin sounds good. No, this, this is based on the Word of God. If you sin willfully... You know, I had a hard time understanding this for a while and trying to figure out where this fine line was between willfully sinning and unwillfully sinning. But you know, I've I've come to understand that that fine line is not quite as fine as I thought it was. Because see, there is a point where, where when you sin, listen, we all sin. I'm not trying to tell you I'm above any of this today. I'm trying to tell you there's a point where when you sin, you need to turn back to God. And when you don't, and you just continue to do what you want to do, that's willfully sinning. And you see, willfully sinning means that you don't repent of that sin. I'm not talking about a day or a week. I'm talking about you don't repent of it because you enjoy it. You do it and you do it and you do it because you like it. You like not only the the sin, but you like the fruits of the sin. So look at your life. Do you ever have something come up that God tries to convict you of and you just shut Him out? And I hope not. But see, God does not convict you of sin for His own fun and games. God doesn't convict you of sin just because He doesn't like it and He, oh, I'm going to have nothing to do. No, He does it because He wants to be in fellowship with you. And when you allow unrepented sin to stay in your life, He cannot bless you in any way. He will not be a part of of that sin. He won't take part in it. Understand that His greatest desire is to just be with you. That's why He created you. He wanted somebody to just love and worship Him and and be with Him. That's what His desire is. And when you allow that other stuff to come between you and God, that's truly what it does. It is a dividing wall that comes up between you and Him. People wonder why they, why you look around and you say, man, why is it everybody else is blessed and I'm not? Well, it may be because you have sin in your life. It may be because you're living in contradiction to God's Word. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe there's something wrong with you. You see people that, that live their lives in a way that is never anywhere near being pleasing to God And they just don't understand why all this bad stuff happens to them. I'm not trying to tell you that when you get in line with God that money's just going to start flowing and everything is just going to start happening in your favor. But I guarantee you, if you're living uh, pleasing to God, you know He's on your side. And you can get through it. Because He's going to strengthen you. He's going to begin to work in your, in your life. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. 
It doesn't matter uh, how many times you get sick. You know God is on your side. The Word says that if He be for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter what comes against me. I know He is on my side and I'll get through it. But when I have sin in my life, I can't even turn to God. I might try, but He ain't going to hear me. He's going to say, I want to hear it. You've got something in your life that's causing a disconnect right now. And I'm not even going to be a part of it. I'm not perfect, guys. I don't claim to be. I have sinned in my life at times. But I'm going to tell you, the closer I get to God, the more I understand that the longer I allow that sin to stay there, the harder it is to come back. The more, you know, I may only have unrepented sin for a day, but it's going to take me several days to get myself back to where I was beforehand. But if I turn back to God immediately, and I say, God, forgive me for that. I, and when I listen, I say immediately, I mean immediately. Don't wait around thinking about it for a day or two. Don't sit there and wonder, well, is that really sin? I don't know. You know, maybe it wasn't that bad. Listen, you know in your heart if it's sin or not. The Holy Spirit will begin to tell you immediately, that ain't right. That ain't right. Probably before you even did it, He was talking to you. Probably before you ever even even went ahead and committed that, He was telling you on the way there, no, don't do that. You're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. You know, Eli was at the end of his life here. The Word doesn't really tell us how long he had lived in sin. But you know, his sons were grown. So, you can uh, take from that that it had been a while. He had gotten comfortable. You know, listen, this is the high priest at the time. This is the man. This is who everybody turns to. But what did God say? He said, no, there's no sacrifice that's going to purge that sin. Because He'd allowed it to be there for so long. Y'all feel like I'm stepping on your toes this morning? If so, good. Sin should hurt. Conviction ought to hurt a little bit. Why do I say that? Do I want you to hurt? No, I don't want you to hurt. I, just like myself, I hope, I wish I'd never had to deal with that again, ever. But that's the whole point. It ought to hurt a little. You know, it's, there's a reason why why kids get so many scrapes and bruises and bangs and knots on their head and everything, because they're learning. And I guarantee you, when they get up and run into a wall and it hurts, they'll think twice about doing it again, won't they? There's consequences to pay for sin. You may think, well, I'll get away with this one, and you might for a little while. But I guarantee you, there's consequences to pay. Even for repented sin, there are consequences. And when you allow it in, you're going to have to pay them. Now, you can choose how you pay them. 
You can decide, am I going to own up to my own actions? And am I going to ask God to forgive me where I have failed Him? And then move on under His strength and get through this thing? Or am I going to just not admit to it and have to deal with it anyway on my own power? Because I promise you, you can, you can think, well, He's kind of repeating Himself, but I'm telling you right now, when you've got sin in your life, God is not going to help you through it. He's going to let you sit there. He's going to say, go ahead, big boy. Do what you think you can do. Try it. I'm going to stand back and watch. And that ain't because God doesn't love you. It is because He loves you. Because He wants you to see that when you're out from under His sheltering arms... You are not protected. You are not enabled by Him in any way. And you know, some people wonder why they struggle in life so much. It's because they're not being empowered by God. It's because they're going their own way. They're doing their own thing. And the end thereof is death. Why would you work so hard to get to that end? Well, the Word tells us that Sin is pleasurable for a season. It may be good for a while, but you're going to pay for it someday. I hope that everybody here, if you have unrepented sin, that you straighten it out as quick as you can. You know, I I can't tell you a specific instance in my own life, but I know there has been times that I have went for a while without repenting of sin. Man, it is so hard. You know, not only do I <clears throat> not only do I feel that conviction, but I start to sense coldness. Because there's no communion with God then. And when I, I may try to read the Bible, I may try to pray, and it's like my prayers don't make it past the end of my lips. Why is that? Because there's something dividing me from Him. There's something separating us. But the minute I get on my knees and I say, God, I know what I did. I ask You to forgive me of it. It's like He just comes in. Because He's just sitting there waiting. He's wanting you to turn back to Him so He can just come in and just hug you. He wants to be a part of your life. But listen, He knows your heart. He knows when you're serious and when you're just trying to pay Him lip service because you know that's what you're supposed to do. There's a difference in asking for forgiveness and being repentant. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? There is a difference in truly... Truly desiring forgiveness in your heart and being sorry for what you've done and just coming down here to the altar and saying a little prayer. It's not the words you say. It's the intent of your heart. And you can tell from the Scripture we read about Eli. He knew who God was. He knew what was right and wrong. But he decided he'd just as soon let God settle it all out in the end and and he'd keep doing what he wanted to do. He said let God do what seems good to him. 
don't, don't let your life get to that point. Listen, if you're hearing these words today, it's not too late. Because this, this uh, message today, it ain't for me. Oh man, probably 95% of them are, but it's not for me today. But there's somebody here that needed to hear this. There's somebody here today that's sitting there. You're probably a little uncomfortable right now. You're probably thinking, man, he's looking straight at me. Every time I look up, he's looking at me. Well, that, that's not because I'm looking at you. It's because the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart and you feel that guilt in your heart right now. Listen, I'm not no professional speaker. I don't know how to tug at your heartstrings and say the right things. But the Holy Spirit does. He knows the words to speak to you. And you may be hearing things right now that I don't even realize I'm saying. Because He's speaking into your heart. Don't let this day go by without turning back to Him. This may, I'm not trying to scare you, but this may be your last chance. You may not make it home today. So don't think you've got unlimited number of times that you can just allow sin to stay in your life and, and keep doing what you want to do. Because you may not have one more chance. This may be your one more chance. Y'all stand with me this morning. I don't do this every week, mainly because I don't feel this always necessary. But bow your heads and close your eyes right now. We'll give you an opportunity. First, I want to speak to those that don't know Jesus as their Savior. Is there anybody here today that would say, just raise your hand if, if, if this is the case. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I know who Jesus is. But I've never asked Him to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Is there anybody here today that would like to do that? I'll give you just a minute. There's nothing special I could say to you that would change anything, but you know what God is saying to you right now. Anyone? Okay, now those of you that are standing here that have already received Jesus as your Savior, maybe you've got some sin in your life. And you know it. Maybe you've done some things that you're not proud of. We all have. I, don't, I include myself in that. I'm not trying to uh, say I'm better than anybody here. I've done many things that to this day I would just be terrified to know that somebody found out about. Do you know what you've done? And you know whether you've repented of that sin or not. Nobody's looking around. Is there somebody here today that would say, I have unrepented sin, and I want to change that today? Just raise up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? This is your opportunity. Thank you. Okay. I'm not going to try to embarrass anybody today. Sometimes I think it's necessary not to embarrass you, but I think it's necessary that you take a step forward and, and show that you're not ashamed 
of what God has done. But today I want you to just pray with me right now. I feel the Holy Spirit moving right now and I ask that you just bow your heads and pray and just pray along with me. Father, I come to You in the name of Jesus because there's no other name by which men are saved. There's no other name by which we're forgiven. And Lord, I just ask right now that if there's any sin in my life, and You know what the sin is in Your own life, but whatever it may be, I ask that right now in the name of Jesus that You just forgive me, Lord. That You restore me to a right relationship with You. Oh, Master, I just praise You right now. I just thank You for forgiveness of sin. It's such a valuable thing. But Lord, just forgive us. Cleanse us, Lord. Sanctify us. Set us apart for Your use. And we'll just give You all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' holy name, Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me today, this is just the first step. Repenting of sin is not just a a one-time thing. There is a, I believe it's Psalms chapter 139, I can't remember the exact verse, but it says something like this, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And what does that tell you? It tells you that when David was writing that, or, or singing it, or praying it, whatever he did, it tells you that he didn't know of anything right then he had done. But he wanted God to search him. See if there's anything in him that he needed to correct, that he needed to know about. We need to be doing that on a daily basis. It's not just the obvious stuff that you do that you need to repent of. Sometimes it may be something you've done for so long you don't even realize anymore it's a sin. But when you make an effort to come back into a good relationship with God, you need to ask Him to start pointing some things out to you. Show you what it is that you've done wrong. Show you where you need to repent. Because listen, there is nothing I want to stand between me and God. Whatever it may be. It may be something so insignificant to everybody else that it would just be a, a, almost like a joke to hear that I would have to repent of something like that. But if it's not right, it's not right. 